0: Welcome to The Faith Retriever, fetching the good news for your family, a show that deepens our relationship with Jesus Christ by connecting listeners with the local church. Now here's Deacon Eric Page.
1: We're celebrating Advent and anticipating Christmas and we're surrounded by beautiful Christmas traditions that are grounded in symbols of our faith. To help us benefit from these traditions, we're going to explore the meaning behind those traditions with three wise people. The first is Carlos Carrillo, who directs faith formation for the Archdiocese of Seattle and teaches the faith in a variety of settings throughout the country. In addition to his work with the Archdiocese, he teaches on a variety of subjects related to faith and spiritual accompaniment in both English and Spanish. Joseph Tansioko serves as Program Manager for the Archdiocese of Seattle's Office of the Vicar General. He has a strong background in faith formation and a gift for music, theater, and understanding popular culture. And Patty Lewis is the Director of Digital and Content for the Archdiocese of Seattle's Communications Office. She and her family are members of Holy Rosary Edmonds. Carlos, Joseph, Patty, welcome. It's great to have you with us.
2: Hello. Great to be here.
1: Part of the inspiration for this conversation is a conversation that we had with friends over dinner. So one of our family friends, Maria, is from Italy. And in Italy, they really pay a lot of attention to the uh, Christmas nativity scene, but they don't have as many Christmas trees. And I remember her asking about this and saying, it'd be helpful to know a little bit about the background behind our Christmas traditions. And I do think that has a lot of value because there's a So much beautiful about the Christmas traditions that we have, but you need to be able to kind of explain them so that our children and our friends and family are able to benefit from them. So we're going to talk just a little bit about those things today. Now, since we're really close to the feast day of St. Nicholas, Patty, would you be willing to share with us just a little bit about the background of who St. Nicholas is and some of the customs around Christmas that have strong roots in our faith and connections to St. Nicholas?
3: I'd be glad to. Um, our family has a real devotion to Saint Nicholas, um, and of course, we think of Saint Nicholas as inspiration behind uh, behind Santa Claus. He, you know, he was a saint of charity, of kindness, of generosity, but um, he's so much more. And you know, you mentioned his feast day, December sixth. Um, he's so connected to Advent as well. Um, I think what some people don't might not know on a deeper level is that he participated in the Council of Nicaea and was very instrumental in supporting and affirming the divinity of Jesus, which, of course, is the incarnation. And we're in the season of Advent, and it's all about uh, 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 Jesus incarnate, Jesus coming to us as a man. So uh, for our family, the way we celebrate St. Nicholas is... Um, We, the days leading up to St. Nicholas Day, we usually read stories about St. Nicholas. We did this a little bit more when our children were younger. Um, But of course, there's a tradition of putting your shoe out and uh, the night before, and then it's, you know, filled with goodies, and that goes back to the story of St. Nicholas bringing the dowry for the uh, young women that, you know, of the poor family, and he, he provided, you know, the coins down the chimney and landed in their stockings which that's a really fun tradition um the also the day of feast of saint nicholas uh we again read more stories and one thing we do is we uh Big uh, St. Nicholas Day cookies. And I brought you each one of these cookies oh, oh, because, oh, oh, yeah. oh, that's because we're wonderful. recording this the day after St. Nicholas Day. And I know uh, you can't see this, but we have a little uh, prayer card that oh we goodness, give away. My, my kids bring these cookies with a little St. Nicholas pray, prayer card and bring it to their friends and their teachers. And it's a great way of evangelizing St. Nicholas well beyond this idea of him being just Santa Claus. Right. right? So.
1: I love that. I I really love how there's that connection between understanding the incarnation and generosity that, you know, we have to incarnate our our faith by offering, you know, love and care to the people around us. And I I think that's ingenious. And I'm a little excited about the cookie. I'm I'm
2: (laughs) not going to. You know, getting a treat is actually something that will stick. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you'll remember that. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, the evangelization was successful. <laughs> yeah,
1: a- amen. So my wife's a teacher, as you know, and one of the things that they will often do is surprise the kids. Cover the, cover your children's ears if they're at All Saints School, but you know they'll often surprise the children with a little uh, candy cane in their in their shoes when they're younger. So and it's a fun thing because it's a surprise because we're not anticipating things on Saint Nicholas Day. And just a little aside, the candy cane is a it looks like a shepherd's crook but it's connected with Saint Nicholas and that it's a crozier it, right. it's you know it's meant as a to remind us of the shepherd's crook the role of the shepherd and of course Saint Nicholas being a bishop so it's a really fun fun connection I think
3: and you know in our family uh we really put the emphasis more on Saint Nicholas over Santa. I mean, we did the Santa, of yeah. course, but um, it's all Santa is spirit. Is all fundamentally based in on, in Saint Nicholas. Yeah. I don't, I don't really think a lot of people really realize that. No,
1: I think think you're right, and I, I do feel like it's important for us to emphasize that because it, it helps people understand that there's a reason for everything that we do, and that the roots are in many ways, really more hopeful than just the way that they're expressed currently in popular culture. Joseph, can you kind of share with us a little bit about a beautiful, uh, a beautiful tradition that actually we just heard um, Bishop
2: Schuster talk about Simbangabi. Yeah, so Simbangambi. So um, actually growing up, so I was born in the Philippines, uh, but we moved when I was pretty young, like uh, almost 13. So maybe not too young, but I didn't experience it much until we moved here. And I think part of it is the, the longing for connection, when we celebrate it here, whether um, in all these parishes or actually within my family, um, it's really the remembrance of how it started. And, you know, if you Google this or if you look it up, you'll know that it's from 1500s, right? And it's because the workers and they weren't able to experience the Eucharist and receive it. So uh, this was a way for them to receive it before they started to go to work. So that's why the Gabi part is there. So it was before dawn. But here, especially in the Archdiocese of Seattle, parishes have adapted it so that it's, um, I think it's mostly celebrated in the evening. And actually, I'm looking at the website where there's a thorough list of all the parishes, just about every single one, that has a list of when their Simbanga be celebrations are. So Magabi is technically nine days. Um, and because uh, the Filipino culture is heavily devoted to Mary, um, it's a novena, right? So nine days beginning December 16th all the way to 24th. Sometimes they judge it, it becomes the 15th or the 23rd um, depending on the year, but technically it's 16th to the 24th. And uh, for me, three things. So it's that joyful anticipation of the nine. The other thing is um the parole which is uh, it's the oh by the way here i have i made a parole for each one of you <laughs> i wanted to one up patty <laughs> yeah. so a parole is a lantern really made of like bamboo and paper colored paper in clearly when you when you've seen it around you know that it's it looks like a star right It's the star of bethlehem it's the star that the magi followed it's a star that mary and joseph uh, saw uh, and uh, that parol is begins the procession for each of these uh nine masses uh, so that's the second one the third one is really the food so especially on christmas eve or the last day there's noche buena which is like Good food. Good night, basically. And that's what I really remember. Because I'm not a foodie, but I eat a lot. And there's all this Filipino food. And I'm not a lumpia person, but I'm a puto person. And puto is like the white rice cakes with, like, processed cheese on it. And I could eat (laughs) that until Christmas. (laughs) And so those are the fond memories I have. But also, that's what connects me to my roots, my tradition, but also actually with each other because um, I was talking with colleagues about it earlier today who are Filipino also. And I asked them how they were celebrating it. And a lot of them, oh, I go to my parish and and go there. But I'm like, what about the food? And so I'm always uh, fascinated with how they celebrate, they continue that Eucharistic meal after with like a physical food meal.
1: and those connections with food I think are really wonderful because it kind of helps you get that connection between the celebration of the mass and the celebration of the, the feast or the moment with kind of the generosity of God and the connections with family because there's nothing that draws us together better than, than good food.
2: Yeah, and everybody brings something. It's not like it's catered, right? But well, sometimes it is, but I think it's the, uh, it's the everybody participating in it together.
1: No, I think that's wonderful. I love the image of light. When We were at a chancery meeting today, and Bishop Schuster gave a wonderful talk, and he talked about the significance of light during this time of Advent, because especially here in the Northwest, it's dark. I mean, it's <laughs> so dark. I mean, it's... <laughs>
2: it's dark it's now. It is dark now,
1: and it's not that <laughs> late in the afternoon. But it's... And during that time, there can also be this kind of sense that, you know, sometimes you feel that sort of heaviness or darkness in your life around this time of year. It can, it can Let's be honest, it can be a tough time of year for, for if you've experienced a loss over the past year. Uh, it can be a tough time of year if you're dealing with financial challenges. And sometimes the news isn't great. Uh, I mean, these days the news isn't great pretty frequently. But, you know, this idea of hope for Christ in the light, hope for this, you know, Jesus coming. And, you know, when we... Put lights on our homes. There's part of us that, even if we don't know it, even if we're just putting them up because they're pretty, there's innate human desire for the gift that God's going to send to us. And it's not just the light of summer coming at some point or another. It's you know the light of Christ, which you know we all each have a hunger for, even if we don't recognize it.
2: And always looking towards the resurrection. Yeah. You know, it's we are a resurrection people after all, right? But yeah.
1: No, I think you're right. We. Our identity is tied up with the resurrection and this hope of like, okay, it's literally just about the darkest time of the year. And nonetheless, we're focused on the light. And um, a great mention that uh, Bishop Schuster offered is the way that when we get to uh, gadate Sunday, you know, when we wear the rose vestments, that's a chance to say like, hey, this is a point where we're saying like, hey, we're getting close where you can feel like something's coming. And it's great to remind our children of that so that they can appreciate what Advent's meant to be. We're talking about Advent and Christmas faith traditions with Carlos Carrillo and Patty Lewis and Joseph Tansiocco, and Faith Retriever will return soon.
0: You're listening to Faith Retriever with Deacon Eric Page. We'll get back to the conversation right after this short break.
1: Prayer for partners in the gospel. Gracious God, we praise and thank you for the Catholic Church in Western Washington. We praise and thank you for the women and men who have shared the joy of the gospel here for more than 170 years. Send your Holy Spirit upon us that we might encounter your Son anew and become more effective partners in sharing the good news of his saving love. May our partnership in the gospel empower us to be your missionary disciples, bringing the good news to all, especially those who are marginalized or hurting in any way give us the courage, the flexibility, and the vision to renew parish life so that the good work begun long ago may continue among us and one day be brought to completion in your kingdom where you live and reign
4: forever and ever. Amen. A prayer to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, my light, my love, my strength, be with me now and always in all my doubts, anxieties, and trials, come Holy Spirit. In my hours of loneliness, weariness, and grief, come Holy Spirit. In failure, in loss, and in disappointment, come Holy Spirit. When others fail me, when I fail myself, come Holy Spirit. When I am ill, unable to work, depressed, come Holy Spirit. Now and forever, and in all things. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. Prayer for the Game of Life. Dear God, help me be a good sport in the game of life. I don't ask for an easy place in the lineup. Put me anywhere you need me. I only ask that I can give you 100 percent of everything I have. If all the hard drives seem to come my way, I thank you for the compliment. Help me to remember that you never send a player more trouble than he can handle with your help. And help me, Lord, to accept the bad breaks as part of the game. May I always play on the square no matter what others do. Help me study the book so I'll know the rules. Finally, God, if the natural turn of events goes against me and I am benched for sickness or old age, Help me accept that, as part of the game too. Keep me from whimpering that I was framed or that I got a raw deal. And when I finish the final inning, I ask for no laurels. All I want is to believe in my heart I played as well as I could and that I didn't let you down, amen.
0: Faith Retriever is back with Deacon Eric Page and his special guest. Sit,
1: listen. Hello, this is Deacon Eric Page with The Faith Retriever, and we're here with Carlos Carrillo, Patty Lewis, and Joseph Tansioko, talking about faith traditions behind our Christmas traditions and our Advent traditions. And we just spoke a little bit about St. Nicholas and Simbang Gabi. And Carlos, would you be able to share with us a little bit of the tradition of Las Posadas?
5: wow absolutely las posadas is a big celebration in several countries in latin america it started with the missionaries that came with the conquerors uh, from spain so therefore usually in spain the missionaries and the priests use a lot of the place to really evangelize but it seems like spain uh, got uh, got a little old to do that so when they came to Latin America and conquered the uh, indigenous people, they started the conversion of individuals. Uh, and in order to celebrate, they tried to acquire mechanisms and methods and how to promote the faith and pass the faith on. So they started by acting the Gospels and so forth, and that have a big success. So therefore, uh, especially the Franciscan missionaries, they started to bring place. And they created, as uh, a in uh the Posadas, which starts on 16 all the way to the 24th of December. Yeah. But a little different is because what we remember is uh, the, the journey that Mary and Joseph did from Nazareth to Jerusalem for the census and so forth. And because we are a migrant community, Uh, technically we feel related to being rejected because Mm -hmm. posada means in Mm -hmm. and when they got to Jerusalem um, Mary was already in labor so she needed a posada she needed a a place to stay and they were rejected uh, from several places and so forth so a song was created in the sense that um, when you get together with families so, usually the whole town gets together, uh, communities, parishes, yeah. etc. So, it's a big celebration, and nine uh, homes get selected, or different homes throughout the street get selected, and a group of musicians from the outside start singing and they ask for the end in the name of this of the sky of the heaven uh, we ask you for posada and then they they rejected from the inside no i'm not and uh, i don't have posada so just continue your journey and so forth so therefore the community walks uh, says okay thank you and they walk away they pray the rosary and so forth so it's a big celebration because also includes uh the the real donkey. It is very very important to have the donkey. If the donkey is not present, it's not a posta. Now in the United States, it's a little challenging. We tried to do sure. the Yakima, but it was a snow, yeah. so the owner of the donkey was not very pleased with <laughs> our adventure. So we avoided the donkey. In the United States, parishes some of them it, several of them don't yeah. so it is uh, dependent on the pastor and uh, the integration of the community the presence of the Hispanic community so that's how it goes but um, symbols are very important so you have a couple of people the one that represents Joseph and the other one virgin and again the donkey that goes yeah. uh, with with the people and so forth is a big celebration Once you get to the home that is selected as the Posada, so therefore a song changes. Entren santos peregrinos, peregrinos, so everybody come in because they said, "Coming in in, pilgrimage, come in, you're welcome and so forth. And then we start the celebrations with Ponche which is a tea of fruits, Uh authentic fruits. It's a very traditional one. In other countries in Latin America, they call it tea, not necessarily ponche, but in Mexico, it's very, very traditional. And most of the communities here in the United States do the ponche. The piñata, super, super important, because the piñata is the representation of the seven capital sins. So that's why it has the seven... uh, points and so forth and it's uh, before it was uh, made out of clay so it was easier to break got it today you do it with paper and it's so hard to break (laughs) so it takes a long time to break but that's the meaning so therefore when you break with sin so you prepare yourself, your heart, your home, and the entire community to receive Jesus Christ. That's beautiful. So the 24, mm-hmm. uh, we do the Misa de Gallo, which also is in Benghavi, uh, ends with. Well, they call it Misa de Gallo to yeah. every yeah. single one of them. Ours is not. Ours is mm-hmm. the last one, and it has to be midnight. In the United States, we do it at seven. Nine, <laughs> maybe ten, and that's the yeah. latest, but no, very few parishes do it at midnight. Right. I think now in, in this year, I have seen several parishes that are doing a midnight and so forth, so that's a big celebration. Uh, and with that, uh, after that, we come home with baby Jesus, and we put it to bed, and we sing lullabies. So, roro, niño, roro ya. mi niño, en ya. So, uh, it's, it's a song that you play to Jesus. So, therefore, the entire family puts it on the nativity and let him rest. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so, it's beautiful. Then you go for your dinner and you celebrate <laughs> and open the gifts. Uh-huh. Nowadays, it's very confused with Santa Claus. <laughs> so, Santa Claus is present. Yeah. And, and some. Some families um, probably are moving away from the true celebration
1: mm-hmm. of Christmas. Yeah, it, the, I love just knowing about that tradition and kind of the, the need for welcome and the and I think it's all good for all of us to pay attention to and mm-hmm. be aware of the yeah. you know the experience of the Holy Family and. Also, if we get a chance to participate in one in our parish, it's a great opportunity. And the
5: good thing is, the entire family participates. Yeah. Even the newborn, not the, the pregnant individual. Right. So sometimes they are present. The yeah. newborns sometimes are selected as the baby Jesus. Yes. And you have all the children, so it's yeah. very noisy. Yeah, we yeah. prepare for noise. Yeah, that's it's beautiful. It's not a quiet celebration. So,
1: yeah. Those are the best kind. And I, the other thing I really like about it is the connection, the affection for the Christ child, which mm-hmm. is kind of a, a an ancient tradition within our faith. You know, the uh, part of this got started with this suggestion from Maria about, oh, you know, we really pay a lot of attention to the, the nativity and, you know, the Christmas tree is less familiar, but the Italian affection for the nativity, I think, is really a beautiful reminder of the preaching of St. Francis, who really communicated so effectively how there's this vulnerability of God in the incarnation that he comes to us as a baby, you know, as, you know, and that introduction I think is a really helpful reminder for us. And is a great sort of suggestion that, that we emphasize the nativity uh, scene in our home. And I know some people actually kind of do a bit of a imitation of La Posada's by having Mary and Joseph kind of working their way Mm -hmm. to the, to the nativity through the house, which can be a lot of fun for uh, children. And of course, In the U.S., we also have the Christmas tree, and there's this great article in Northwest Catholic by Bishop Schuster about the origin of the Christmas tree. And it's really, I I found it very helpful because, you know, we enjoy the tree, and a lot of times we think it's just because it was beautiful, but there's a connection with another saint, St. Boniface, who in Germany did this really amazing work of evangelization. At the time, you know, in, I think it was the ninth century, it was dangerous to go to Germany because they they were largely Aryan Christians there. And a lot of people, a lot of evangelists that were sent there either ended up dead or kind of ended up coming along with the Aryans and kind of softening the teachings of the church and not really providing the teachings of the church. And of course, there were a number of pagan celebrations that went on at the time too. And, and St. Boniface was famous for interrupting a pagan sacrifice that was going to happen. And he actually chopped down a oak tree that was used associated with the sacrifice and he said this is entirely unnecessary and it's really not what God intends for us and he used that to bridge to point to the evergreen tree and he said this is a sign of of God who wants to continually offer us life and you know notice how the uh, the evergreen tree points upward versus sacrifice where we're kind of bringing our nature down to the more baser instincts and he used this as a way to kind of illuminate that you know Jesus wants to take the things that are familiar to us, the things that are beautiful, and help us uncover a meaning that's already present. And I think that's a good thing for us to try to do with our traditions, is to help people see the meaning that's present in those traditions.
5: And I believe that our Catholic tradition is based on symbols, mm-hmm. but we don't know the symbols and right. the meaning of them mm-hmm. and so forth. So.
1: Yeah. So it's. I think... A job for us is people who understand the symbols, and now now that we've listened to this, we know it is it is. Share it with our family and friends, and you know, inc- because sometimes you'll hear people say things like, "Oh, it's just they just took a pagan symbol and they just adopted it, and there's no meaning to it." No, there's there's meaning to it, and and just because something existed in some way or another prior to the you know our understanding it through our faith means that in some ways there was sort of an incipient awareness of Jesus. Before that, you know, that's just part of our nature.
3: Speaking of the Christmas trees, there's a beautiful blessings of the Christmas tree. We try to do that uh, as a family of, of you, to just take that pause because usually the blessing does mention the things that you just did. Yeah, um, and it reminds us of the meaning behind it. And right. I think it's good to, after you decorate it, to take that time to bless it together.
1: It is, and you know, and. This time together has been a blessing for us. I mean, I, I've enjoyed it. I hope you guys have had fun, too. Yes, it's yeah. been great. And I'm a little excited about these cookies. I will not lie about that.
2: <laughs> I already ate mine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, Patty, Joseph, thank you so much for spending time together. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening to The Faith Retriever. We'll look forward to next time. Thanks so much, and God bless.
0: Join Faith Retriever each week for conversations about the faith and tips to engage family in the truth, beauty, and goodness of God's Word. Find Faith Retriever here on Sacred Heart Radio. Search sacredheartradio.org for programs and podcasts, or listen on your favorite podcast platform.